Welcome to the one within all to another excellent episode of Interverse Podcast. I'm your host, Chance, and really looking forward to another deep dive into the realm of health with a guru of nutrition and wellness that you guys probably already know out there named Clive DeCarl. Clive joined us back in September of 2021 for an interesting show about magnesium, fulvic minerals, iodine, and a variety, of course, vitamin C, and a variety of other excellent nutritional supplements with the overarching theme that your body is not low on pharmaceutical chemicals. End of story, full stop, period. What we really ought to be doing is giving the building blocks to our cellular makeup that can help us to repair and to refresh our energetic systems and our physical infrastructure. So today we've got a bunch of sort of different, maybe some off the wall, off topic questions for Clive and also some topical things that might be interesting uh, to get into. You know, everyone's talking about a particular, <laughs> a particular snake venom thing going on right now. I'm kind of curious on Clive's take since it has made it around the whole internet, around the world. And before we get started, I've got to remind you all that you should check out Clive's website, clivedecarl.com. There's a link in the show notes for that, but it is C-L-I-V-E-D-E-C-A-R-L-E.com. You can also join Clive's Secret Health Club, which is a membership-based system that allows you to get access to some of the most excellent information on all the different processes and functions of your body that you could probably ever wonder about or want info about. I myself have been a member since September and enjoyed looking into particular topics whenever there was something I was ready to learn more about and work on with on, within my own body. So let's do this thing. Clive, welcome back to the show. And it's good to see you, man. How you been over there? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Spring is springing. So I've been out in the garden and uh, planting as much food as I can possibly fit in. I've just ordered a beehive. And um, yeah, it's all good. I've got a chicken coop going and... Uh, yeah, it's rather exciting. You said, yeah, before we went on recording, you said that you've been doing some heavy gardening. <laughs> I like that statement. So uh, what kind of foods are you planting? And, uh, you know, how's, what's the heavy part about it? Lots of, lots of digging, preparing the soil? Well, um, you know, I just rent a small cottage. And um, previously, everything had been turned into gravel. And they'd put a whole layer of plastic down to stop the weeds growing. And then there were big piles of rubble covered with thin layer of earth. So it's been a bit of a challenge. So I've been carting around like half a ton of soil and stuff. So uh, but I, basically, I'm just growing what I like. You know, there are a few. I really like Rocket. I really like uh, Mizuma. I don't know if you've come across that. It's a Japanese mustardy type salad leaf, which grows like mad. It's really fantastic. Uh, you know, so I'm growing rocket and basil, lots of soft fruit, all sorts of berries, you know, blueberries and raspberries and taberries and loganberries. And, uh, I've been encouraging wild strawberries. So most of the spare area is just full of wild strawberries. So yeah, I just plant what I like. That makes sense to me. Actually, one of the questions that our audience members threw out at me, cause I, you know, there's so many things that you're knowledgeable about. I wanted to field some questions from people that have real world wonder about different topics that you might know something on. So one of the questions that came up from our audience was about any anything that we can grow or collect ourselves or make ourselves to 
improve our health and heal damage or like, you know, detox ourselves. What are some things that instead of needing to necessarily buy a supplement for this, uh, what could we be growing ourselves that might be pretty easy or we're not thinking of? Um, Well, a lot of people have got some lawn, for instance, and maybe they've tried to dig it with the idea of putting down a vegetable patch or something and found that they, the fork just bounces off because the ground is rock solid, for instance. And a good trick there is to get some cardboard and some potatoes that are perhaps past it and they're beginning to sprout and uh, cut holes in the cardboard for the potatoes and lay the cardboard down and put potatoes in each hole right on top of the grass. The cardboard will sort of dampen the, kill the grass, basically. Then you put about two foot of straw on top. So the straw and the cardboard make sure the grass doesn't grow anymore and the potatoes send roots down. And even if the soil is rock hard, the potatoes' roots will break up the soil. And when you come to harvest it a couple of months later and you take off the straw, um, most of the potatoes will be actually on top. So you, you don't really have to do much digging that way. And then the next year, now the ground is more broken up and easier to work. But there's another trick with potatoes. Not that I'm stressing potatoes are the greatest food in the world, but nevertheless, um, if you've got some chicken wire and you made a circle uh, like an oil barrel and you put a layer of straw, a layer of soil, a layer of potatoes, another layer of straw, a layer of soil, a layer of potatoes, and you carry on layering up to the top, then you water it, and it suddenly now you've got a green barrel because the potato is sprouting at all angles, top and around the sides. And then when it comes to harvest time, you start at the top and you've got new potatoes. Then you go down to the next layer and you've got bigger and bigger potatoes as the season wears on. And so you know, vertical gardening away, if you've got very little space, you can do the same with strawberries and you know various other things will grow quite happily that way. That's pretty good. So um, how about on the, are any of the supplements that you offer something that somebody could create or process in their own garden and, you know, home kitchen if they wanted to? Um, well, uh, let's get back to the supplements. I mean, the only one that springs to mind immediately is fulvic minerals uh, tend to energize anything you put them with, including plants. Uh, you know, farmers use fulvic and humic substances to help plants grow. It's just, it's the perfect mineral balance. Even humus is like the same root as the word human. Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? Yes, I wonder whether there is a connection. That's I think it also has to do with the idea of Adam, the first man, which comes from the word Adamu, meaning red earth or clay. There's a lot of connections there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, one could... Let's say you you wanted probiotics. You know, let's say get up in the morning and you want you want a probiotic to just you know after a night's sleep, then the gut should be pretty much empty. Hopefully, so if you take a probiotic first thing, it should give put good bacteria back into the gut and overcome anything like candida or something that might be an overgrowth. But you could open the capsules of probiotics and mix them with something like milk or yogurt or mash them into a banana or whatever and leave the room temperature for a few hours 
And then the probiotics, which, you know, should be alive, basically, should be able to grow. So, you know, let's say there's 5 billion units of probiotic in, in one, you might be able to turn it into a million, uh, I mean, into 10 billion or something, uh, just by letting it grow, you know, like yogurt. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, grow your own. Seems like it wouldn't be too hard to do. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, lots of other things you can do in the garden. I mean, for instance, let's say you've eaten a celery and you've cut the, all the top of the celery off and now you've just got the root part at the bottom. You can replant that and it'll grow again. You know, loads of things will, will grow again. You know, it's just like you've trimmed the plant down, you know, trimmed your rose bushes, they grow again. So you, you can plant the en- ends of lettuces, anything like that. Yeah, and we ought to really think about that because the level of nutrition is probably a lot stronger if we just recently harvested it rather than it's been sitting on the shelf in the grocery store for a while, right? Well, anything that you put effort, love, and is growing in real soil, I mean, most lettuce, for instance, is probably grown in a mixture of sort of chemicals and water, you know, hydroponically or something. It, it may never have seen soil, so it's got a, you know, the minimum amount of minerals to allow it to grow, but it doesn't mean it's picked up all the minerals we need to be healthy. You know, plants grow with MPK, your nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, the three materials that were left over after World War One. You know, all the factories making bombs they had to do something with it, so they started to poison the people with it. Yeah, that's a really efficient method because then you can sell them that your chemical. Medicines too, <laughs> you know, money going up, money going down, and money. I would say money going down and money going up, but really, it's bringing people down both sides of the equation. So, there's an interesting supplement that I'd like to talk about, um, and that is proteolytic enzymes. Now, in digestive enzymes in general, you get protein digesting enzymes, which are proteolytic enzymes, but for Many years, uh, incredibly long time, decades, people have been using proteolytic enzymes uh, as an anti-cancer mechanism uh, to dissolve uh, fibroids and cysts and scar tissue to stop pain and stop inflammation. I'd like to explain how it works. So what are young children really, really good at? Well, falling over. They're really good at falling over. Yeah straight on their face, but yet they bounce back super quickly. As long as the parents don't panic, you know, the kid's fine, right? Now, the kid can actually experience what to us as adults might be quite an annoying thing, like spraining an ankle, uh, you know, a number of things that children do. But within, let's say, 10 minutes, they've bounced back. They've recovered. So from a physiological point of view, how did they do it? What? Why could they do it and we can't? So it's down to the proteolytic enzymes. So as an injury happens, different repair mechanisms can switch on. You can switch on the regular repair mechanism, which repairs with healthy tissue, or you can repair with scar tissue. So the child doesn't form scars unless it's a terribly serious injury, because they've got so many proteolytic enzymes, they um, allow the body to repair with absolutely healthy tissue. But if an old person damages themselves, the body may not have the nutrition 
to repair properly. So it repairs with scar tissue. If you can imagine scar tissue being like a spider's web, able to repair your body and hold it together. So you can supplement with proteolytic enzymes, and it's necessary from the perspective that by the time we're in our 30s, say, our production of proteolytic enzymes is going down and going down reasonably fast. You're only really old person. They, they may never heal properly. So at the end of the day, what do we die from? Well, hopefully we want to have had a great day and just pass away in our sleep, not ill with anything, but just, you know, we, we can, we go to sleep one day. But most people die of either an inflammatory disease, which usually has itis at the end of it. Cancer would be an example, arthritis. Um, heart issues are usually inflammatory and inflammation and pain tend to go together. Right, so that's one end of it. Then the other end of it is people who can't repair properly. And now they've got an osis, like fibrosis, multiple sclerosis, whatever it might be, an osis. And that's where the scar tissue has overtaken the healthy tissue. So really, the body just can't operate properly. Scar tissue maybe works a tenth as well as, as healthy tissue. So, uh, yeah, most people die from that. So proteolytic enzymes not only dissolve scar tissue and put it back to normal tissue or allow the body to, but it will unclog arteries. It will calm down inflammation. It will lower blood pressure if that's the problem. It will overcome pain. So it's, it's sort of the magic bullet. You know, if there was any one thing, some time ago I would have said, well, that one thing is more than one thing. It's vitamin C. It's vitamin D in winter or sunshine, it's magnesium, it's iodine, things you mentioned at the beginning of the show. But actually, in a way, maybe proteolytic enzymes are the most important thing. Um, so uh, for, for a long time, I've wanted to have them on my website, a particular type, and the manufacturer, there's just you know, very few people who make really good ones, um, they wanted such a huge minimum order that I haven't been able to do it in the past, but now uh, we're just putting it on the site this week. And um, so we're calling them Prozymes, P-R-O-Z-Y-M-E-S, Prozymes for short. And um, it's interesting how they were discovered. You know, they've, they've been around, proteolytic enzymes have been around for decades, but the one we're using um, comes as a result of Japanese research. <clears throat> the, some Japanese scientists about 30 odd years ago were studying silkworms and they noticed that when the silk, when, when the silkworm created a, a pupae around it before it became a silk moth, that was so hard you could virtually need a hammer to break it, to protect it from being eaten by some predator. But they were, they were interested in it because in just a few seconds, the silk moth was able to dissolve the whole shell and come out so fast that a predator wouldn't have seen it happen. And they discovered a type of bacteria, and they started creating the bacteria in the lab, and they started giving it to animals. And it was so successful that now racehorses... Uh, regularly uh, use this because they're 
constantly straining their muscles and, you know, it, it could risk scar tissue. So then they started using it on humans. And for the last 25 years or so, it's proved incredibly effective for the reasons that I mentioned. And I think a lot of people now that they realize that such a thing exists uh, might want to try it. I don't think it's going to be short term. Like, you know, I started it yesterday and today I'm noticing the difference. It's going to be longer term than that. But um, I've got uh, videos I'm just about to put out specifically on on the subject uh, to explain it in in more depth. But it's, um, you know, a bit of a miracle, really. Yeah, are those videos going to be on the Secret Health Club or on uh, one of your other channels? They, um, I've been permanently removed from YouTube, so they're not going to be there at the moment. I thought so, because I couldn't find you today when I went looking. Yes, no, I've gone, unfortunately. Um, it's a shame. Uh, but brand new Tube, Rumble, Odyssey have uh, also got um, uh, copies, copies of everything and on the Secret Health Club as well. Um, so yeah, a well-researched material and yeah, a lot of these things are sort of synergistic with other things. And I think one of the things that's also worth talking about, uh, is vitamin K2. Um, vitamin K2 is what our ancestors commonly used to get because most of our ancestors were meat eaters in one way or another. Even if it was the Maasai, they were eating, drinking blood and milk. Most of our ancestors were not vegan. And from fresh spring grass, you get vitamin K in animal products, cheese, milk, meat, chickens, eggs, and so on. And uh, back in the 20s and 30s and 40s, a well-known dentist, Dr. Weston Price, used to go around the world in his holidays looking at people's teeth. And he realized that people eating the traditional diet, whatever it was, whether it was in India or some remote island, they never had teeth problems. He saw people with green teeth because they didn't brush their teeth, brown teeth, yellow teeth, every color of teeth. Some people he found used sticks to clean their teeth, but other some people just didn't. And he didn't see cavities. He didn't see shrunken mouths. He never saw, you know, crowded mouths. And his challenge, I mean, he realized obviously that when these people started going on the Western diet, almost immediately within an incredibly short time, they developed cavities and all the problems that we all have. Uh, and he felt that there was a factor X. He called it activator X, a factor that he couldn't quite grasp what it was, but he pinned it down to animal products. And he made a supplement in, I think in the thirties, which he called Activator X, which was a mixture of, uh, pasture raised spring, uh, butter and cod liver oil combined. And he was reversing cavities with that. Right. Now, um, so what happens if you're a vegan? What happens if you don't like dairy or meat or god livers? Well, you can get a vegan version. I have it on the site, which is um, made from natto. I don't know whether you're familiar with natto. Anybody who's been to Japan knows natto. And it's a fermented soya bean. 
um, brown sort of stuff. And it's the word for it is mucilaginous. It is really slimy. And some people really don't like it. Uh, I, I don't mind it too much, but, um, but anyway, you can dry it, dry it out and, you know, it, it's, um, uh, in a capsule. So why is it so incredible? Well, if you want to keep your teeth, vitamin K2 is essential. If you want to have strong bones, if you don't want to have an osis, as we mentioned earlier, um, you need K2. So let's say that, um, the, the body has arteries that are deteriorating and it wants to use calcium to help line the arteries to keep them strong. You know, when you on autopsy on a young child, you could cut the main artery with a pair of scissors. With an adult, you might need a hacksaw because of all the calcium lining it. So where, where does the calcium come from? Well, the body may take it from the bones so that if you don't have enough K2, which mobilizes calcium out of the arteries and back into the bones where it should be, you can get hip fractures. You know, Dr. John Whitcomb, who is, um, has a fantastic lecture on vitamin K2, he says, well, look, we think that old people fall over and fracture their hip. He says it's the other way around, that through lack of K2, lack of magnesium, which also helps put calcium in the right places, their hip breaks and then they fall over. That sounds like a way worse way to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, really interested in both of these, the protolytic en enzymes topic. I'm going to want to circle back to that. But since we're on this vitamin K2 question, you're saying that it's really like grazing animals, products that are taken from animals that graze on healthy, fresh grass that helps our body take in this nutrient. Is that correct? Well, you ask any child in the USA what do cows eat? They will tell you grass. This would be the wrong answer. Healthy cows graze on wildflowers, herbs, mushrooms, Cows love eating leaves off the trees. They love grazing in forests where they'd normally be, right, in, in true nature. So car cows on grass are like you eating broccoli for the rest of your life. So what I'm wondering about here is just uh, how does this factor in, this factor X, have you heard two things like um, phytochemos? Like people talk about these nutrients in wheatgrass and sprouts of different types. Like I think sprouted broccoli is one that has this type of nutrient that is said to be a cancer eliminator in the body. Is there any connection to what you're talking about with um, or any way to take in these type of nutrients like vitamin K2 directly from having sprouted broccoli, sprouted wheatgrass, other types of nutritional sprouts? Or is this definitely from the Pro the animal product process. The only way to get it from, you know, a, a non-animal source is fermentation. Hence, natto is fermented. Okay. And what is natto for people that don't know about that? Well, it's um, made with soya. It's made by fermenting soya with a particular type of set of bacteria, which are 
as I say, really slimy and, and quite unpleasant, uh, unless you're Japanese, which you then love them. Um, and um, uh, there are probably other ways to make K2, but that's the famous way, uh, the, the Natto method. But otherwise, um, you know, any dairy product or that, that where the animal has been grazing properly, I mean, just grass would be enough to get the K2. But a really healthy cow would be, you know, grazing in much more wild situations. But unfortunately, in the States, probably more than anywhere else in the world, most cows have never seen a blade of grass in their entire existence. They're, you know, they're on concrete, living in their own shit, basically. I mean, being filled with nasty chemicals and growth hormones. I mean, the... Food industry in America is, as you know, a disaster. Yeah, it absolutely is. And now that I'm thinking about vitamin K2, <laughs> reminds me of this horrific synthetic cannabis that became popular, I don't know, a decade back, something like that, where there was a time that when everything was illegal in terms of cannabis over here in the States, there were companies that were creating synthetic can cannabinoids and they would just tweak the molecule by one little, you know, ion in order to get it past the new regulations. Cause the way the regulations worked were specific molecular compounds were being banned. So they would just like tweak it and then have a new experimental cannabinoid that would hit the head shops everywhere. And it was making people literally lose their mind. I had a, a relative who went pretty crazy from getting addicted on this crazy stuff that they were calling it K2. So I wonder if there's a reason why they picked that particular name for it. If they were trying to throw people off of the trail of K2, the healthy I, I, version. I think it may be that if you want to get high, you know, some people say Everest is the highest mountain, but they say the K2 in Tibet is the highest mountain. <laughs> there you go. There's maybe a lot of factors. Okay, so now I'm going to back us up to the protolytic enzymes. Now, yours. This is um, is this is something our body's producing when it has the right nutritional uh, intake in order to do that. But you're also mentioning that it's not as easy for older people to create in their own body. Uh, is there any connection? And are you familiar with the? George Wiseman Brown's gas machine, the AquaCure, and taking in the electrified molecular hydrogen. Is the hydrogen possibly a factor in being able to self-produce the protolytic enzymes? Because I know that people are reporting scar tissue healing more rapidly whenever they're inhaling the, um, the hydrogenated Brown's gas. Is there any connection there? Well, you know, hydrogen is what... On one level, we primarily are. <clears throat> you know, on another level, we're primarily bacteria and a few human cells surrounding the bacteria. But if you're looking at what we're made of, we're mainly water, therefore we're mainly hydrogen. So clearly, by adding hydrogen or hydroxy, like George's device, uh, it can be hugely beneficial in certain cases. Um, I've got an interview coming out uh, in a few days with somebody where uh, 
Within 15 minutes, his mum went from drooling with Alzheimer's to speaking, breathing it for 15 minutes. On the hydrogen, the, the Brown's gas machine. Yes. There you go, people. But um, people need to be aware that running the machine takes a lot of care and attention. It's not like some things you plug it in and you use it. You have to regularly, really every time you use it, uh, clean it clean it out to some degree, change the water. Um, because if you don't, it's... It, the, you want to be sure that you're breathing the absolute cleanest uh, hydroxy mixture you can, right? And if people are careless using it, they don't clean it as often as they should, this is not a good thing. So anybody considering buying it must realize they, they have to pay attention. I like that, though, because really we need that mindset more across the board. We've been trained for like the easy button, set it and forget it, you know, instant gratification. But when it comes to our health, part of the reason why our health has suffered so much is that we're not paying attention, that we're not taking those extra steps of preparation of hygiene, hygiene, you know, hydrogen hygiene almost sounds the same. I like that. So very interesting. Um, one of the things that came up too in this conversation about, uh, the, when you started talking about the factor X and vitamin K2 was the difference in the health of people's teeth from people on the Western diet versus a more, I don't know, hunter gatherer or traditional human diets, more natural diets. Is there anything else that you could say to people about taking care of their teeth that they might not know or that might I don't want to say quick and easy because that's what we're <laughs> just pointing out isn't necessarily always the, always the thing. But, you know, is there any misconceptions or, or helpful information about teeth health that is totally lost on us in our current cultural milieu? Well, um, recently I've interviewed two dentists and those videos are on brand YouTube and, um, one dentist, uh, well, I mean, basically, I threw every question I could think of. You know, what do you do if you got implants? What do you do if you want implants? Should you have implants? You know, or every question I could think of. And one of the dentists is particularly interesting. Now, what he does is he's given up dentistry. And instead, he says to people around the world, well, look, you go to, you find the best dentist you can. Get them to write down a treatment plan, do, do x-rays, make sure that they've got the latest up-to-date x-ray machine, so the minimum damage, the best possible imaging. And then you send those to him, and with an unbiased eye, he says, well, look, you know, there are 50 different filling materials out there this dentist could choose, and on your treatment plan, he's chosen the cheapest or the best or you know, whatever, and so he can look at the x-rays and say, you're being robbed. Yeah, because, you know, some dentists are psychopaths, obviously, and are doing it for the money, not not for the good of your health. So I thought it was a great service. You know, you pay somebody to give you an unbiased opinion because of all the medical professionals out there, um, I, I hear horror stories about back surgery a lot, but dental surgery is the one that has damaged me, probably you, probably most people listening are thinking now, 
I wonder whether that dental surgery was necessary when I was a child, or was the dentist just making money? I mean, it could be either way, but um, I've met so many people who said, yeah, that dentist took out the, the, the teeth of all the children in the streets. You know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I remember one time that when I was younger, my parents had switched their dental insurance. And so I went to a different dentist than the one that I'd been going to since I was a kid. And I think that the original dentist I had been going to, he had kind of had a heart. <laughs> I actually liked the guy a lot. Uh, last time I ran into him, honestly, I haven't been going to the dentist to just sort of take care of it myself and my teeth seem fine. You know, I don't necessarily trust their protocols and procedures, even if I trust the man who thinks he's doing the right thing and is trying to. But the uh, last time we saw this dentist, he was at a restaurant and he came over and he paid for my entire family. All eight of us paid for our meal just as a thanks because they've been going to him, you know, since I was quite young. Really nice guy. But uh, we had this insurance switch and went to a new dentist for one visit. And he immediately started telling me about, and I was young, so he's doing it to in a very scary way. Well, you've got all these uh, micro holes and micro fractures in your teeth, and we need to seal all your teeth with this experimental procedure. And it's, you know, <laughs> experimental. You to, We've heard that word before. Yeah. And, you know, you can't see these micro fractures, but trust me, they're there. And, you know, um, my dad, I, I came back, I was like 12 and I was freaked out. I came back and I was like, Dad, they told me my teeth are going to break. And, my dad's like, okay, this guy sounds like a shyster. So we went back to the first dentist and just figured out a way to switch our insurance. And he was like, yeah, that guy was just trying to take you for a ride and make some money off you. So it's good to have a maybe personal relationship and some level of trust with these type of practitioners, as I think we would have in the past. You know, our family practitioners would also hopefully be our friends. And there'd be some level of personal responsibility to each other in terms of just basic human decency and relationship. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, on the subject of some of the stuff though that they'll put in your mouth i had a question myself that i was thinking about since last night been looking into you know alchemy alchemy and antiquitech um the amazing resonance architecture and how mercury plays a role in that and i learned about how mercury can be when it's electrified it actually can spin and vo create a vortex whenever a current is added to mercury, which is really fascinating, but they're putting mercury in people's teeth and have been for a long time. And I wonder how the, you know, atmospheric electromagnetification that is being done in modern times is influencing people just on the fact that there's mercury amalgamations in their head. So, you know, you may have thoughts about that as a topic, but I was just wondering in general about medical use of mercury, if you have any knowledge about pros or cons or definitely don't do it or the ancients had ideas of ways that it could be used safely what are your thoughts on on mercury in in all respects in terms of uh the ancient ways you know the chinese medicine ways and the, the modern sort of horrific ways well um the doctors a hundred years ago used mercury as a cure for syphilis and uh, so that, that didn't go down well i mean clearly mercury is very dangerous one really interesting thing is that um, a couple of hundred years ago, they used to seal mercury in big glass balls and use them as uh, buoys at sea because with the movement of the waves, if you move mercury, it will glow at night. 
it will glow. Mm-hmm. And so use, use them as markers, you know, buoys, buoys in the sea in the old days. Yeah, that's amazing. There's uh, <laughs> the old alchemist had so much knowledge about the natural world and mercury is just a wild substance in general. So it's yeah, I was w- wondering fun. about that, the medical use of mercury. But obviously mer- mercury yeah, from a medical perspective is poisonous. You know, they've been injecting it in people for, for ages, you know, I mean, yeah. I used to be in the contact lens business and uh, a lot of eye drops contained thimerosal, which is mercury, you know, straight in the opticians were putting it straight in the eyes at that point. Without any thought. Just like dentists and mercury in the teeth. Crazy. That gives me some real shudders injecting thimerosal, which is mercury, directly into people's eyeballs. No, they were using eye drops. Eye drops, okay. But these days, for macular degeneration treatment, uh, no, glaucoma rather, I think, one or the other, they are injecting people in the eyes with drugs every month. I mean, how <laughs> how criminal, how evil is that? Who thought of that idea? I mean, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, Especially when you can fix most eye problems um, with, a, with a whole number of different methods. I mean, the Russians are the top with eye issues. Uh, they use frequency devices, microcurrent. They use uh, peptides, eye peptides from animals. They There's one clinic which they say that they can repair about something like 80% of – they can repair 80% of 80% of people's eye issues. So they can get people who are technically blind back to, you know, seeing somewhat at least. So – and I've seen, I've seen the results. I saw one woman who – needed help to find a chair to sit down uh, after a frequency device treatment, um, being able to see and for two weeks. You know, it's um, that's not going to happen every time, obviously. But anybody who's interested should look at uh, the Secret Health Club on the eye page and look at what's possible. Um, if I could jump back to teeth for a moment. Yeah. Um, every few weeks... I do an Ask Clive Anything for the Secret Health Club members. And two months ago, one of the two dentists I mentioned was on for two and a half hours where people just threw questions at him. You know, I, I've got a root canal. I've got this feeling that yeah, I've got two and a half hours worth of questions. And it's fascinating. I mean, everything you could possibly want to ask a biological dentist pretty much got asked. And so the Secret Health Club is from that perspective a very useful resource to quickly get to some answers without somebody trying to sell you something. Yeah, that's what I like about it too. I mean, I've gone in there just for a specific, you know, I've, I wondered about teeth last, last year at one point and I went in and checked out some of the, some of the talks you had on it. Really cool. I mean, you have it listed by all the different body parts and, and subject matters and a nice alphabetical order. And, um, people could just go there and really benefit. It's a huge value in terms of think how much you'd have to pay a university to get way worse and fake information about these subjects versus, you know, the cost of the secret health club. And you've got access to all of it in whatever order you see fit. I love that. And you know, I used to do consultations for people. But now, you know, I'll still, if somebody really desperately needs my help, I'm, I might give them a consultation. But generally speaking, I say, look, save money. It's way cheaper to join the Secret Health Club. And pretty much everything that I'd tell you actually is there 
but rather than me telling you probably individual experts on iodine or thyroids or whatever it is, who can probably tell it better than I can because they're the experts. So that's, uh, that's, that's the advantage, I, I think. Yeah, it costs money to join, but um, probably by the time you've gone to hospital and paid the fee to park in the car park, you're here in England, they charge you a fortune just to, just to park your car. Well, it's the mafia, you know, <laughs> they're literally the mafia. All their symbolism reveals that. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about water. There's quite a few things relating to water that I want to get into and uh, we'll see how much time that does or doesn't take in this first hour. But first of all, and you know, I've heard a lot of conflicting information in terms of what is the best kind of water to drink. You know, some people have a lot to say about structuring your water, creating living waters. Some people talk about alkaline. Some people talk about Kangen water. Some people say Kangen water is deadly. Um, and some people say just go for distilled water or distill your water and then do some sort of process to energetically structure it. So in your experience and with your knowledge base, uh, can you speak on some of these varieties of, of water plans, you know, and what, maybe dispel some of the myths or help us understand the, the simplest, best solutions? Well, probably the best water is spring water. And your spring water comes out of the top of mountains, for example. And I would suggest that that water is ready. It is actually defying gravity and bubbling out of the ground. I would say that water is ready to drink. And it's been percolated through all the rocks and the soil and everything. So it should be full of minerals and super, super healthy. That would probably be the best. Um, then assuming the water is drained from a clean source, not poisoned fields and gone into the spring, so to speak. Um, personally at home, uh, when I moved into my cottage, first thing I did was I rang up the water supplier and said, please can I have an analysis of the water? What do you put in it? Where does it come from? And the most important question, is there recycled sewage water in, coming out of my, my faucets? You know, what am I, what am I looking at? What do I have to deal with? Now, I'm very lucky. The water's from an underground source and all they do is poison it with chlorine. And that's just about it. But if you're obviously getting recycled sewage as your water supply, then you're dealing with the most sold pharmaceutical in the world, which is the birth control pill. People wonder why they're having problems having children. Well, maybe it's because there's birth control pills in water if you're not filtering it, if you're getting that type of service from your water company. Then there's the fluoride, all the other drugs that everybody else is taking secondhand. So uh, the way I deal with it at home, I've got a distiller, but, you know, as you were indicating earlier, you know, once you've distilled water, it's technically dead on a living frequency level. You've got to do things really to get it back to life. The same is true of reverse osmosis, but I've chosen reverse osmosis because running a distiller is noisy. They have fans, use a lot of electricity. It's like running an electric kettle for ages. And um, they they can be steamy, you know, I don't know. It's the noise that annoys me. So I've got a reverse osmosis system, and it doesn't. The water isn't quite as pure as uh, distilled, but in my case, I'm not worried about that because 
all I'm doing is really filtering out some nothing particularly. And then pretty much every glass of water I drink, I'm likely to do something to it. I like putting a few drops of fulvic minerals in the water. Then uh, if it's a day when I'm going to take some iodine, I'll put some iodine in another glass. Then I'm very keen on MSM sulfur at the moment. And so I'm using that to keep scar tissue down, to keep myself healthy in a huge number of ways. MSM sulfur is a fantastic material. And, um, you know, so generally speaking, if I'm drinking water, I'm doing something to it anyway. Put fulvic minerals in. Now you've really brought that water to life, except that structuring it, just spinning it, you know, vortexing it, even if you put it in a bottle and spun it like that, would put life back in, you know, like a river spins. So, you know, we're, we're made of water, you know, H2O, a lot of hydrogen in there. So it's very, very important. Um, and most people, let's say you just drink distilled water. Well, uh, some people say, well, you're only going to get the positive, positively charged minerals out, which are the ones you don't want. But water's the ultimate solvent. Distilled water is the ultimate solvent. So I'm not sure whether you, if you drank too much distilled water, you might perhaps leach some good water-soluble vitamins and minerals out, which might be to somebody's detriment. So if I was drinking RO or distilled, I would want to do something to it, at least even if it was a pinch of Celtic salt, a pinch of sea salt in the water. And I don't know if you've ever tried this. You get two glasses of water, put a pinch of salt in one, stir it up, and say, right, try these two glasses of water. Which do you prefer? Everybody will prefer the one with a little bit of salt in. Not enough that they can taste, oh, this is salty. They won't. Just enough that, because it makes it soft, it changes the water from being rough to silky smooth. So if you're not drinking enough water, you might find if you add some salt to it, you may feel that you are more inclined to want to drink it. Salt, sulfur, and mercury. Very alchemical. Yeah, that question about distilled water leaching the minerals from the body is a good question. I have some innate suspicions about that because of how that comes up as your top of Google search information. Like, oh, it's very dangerous. Don't do that. So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, everything you say, I should probably consider the opposite as being very likely true. <laughs> and maybe the body is intelligent enough to know what to let go of and what not to. But also, I can't say I know for sure. Uh, I've never felt like I was weakened by drinking distilled water. But what uh, you said about rain, rainwater is distilled water, really. The natural way. Yeah. Yes. Assuming it hasn't gone through polluted air but so it should it should be just fine yeah that makes sense but to me water i feel is energized whereas for, straight from the distiller not so much well it's actually kind of uh negatively energized when you mentioned that the distiller is putting off a annoying sound right that our, our water is totally structured by sound and frequency. And you think about how dissonant just the refrigerator noise is and all your food is in the refrigerator and how much of what is nutritious about your food has to do with what's hydrated about your food. So it's not even just about structuring water. I think that's part of maybe why saying a prayer of gratitude over your meal could be so health inducing because maybe you can undo some of the 
the damage from the dissonant frequency of the very storage device that you're keeping the food within. And so that's a big deal for me. Like I've been experimenting lately with when I'm in the shower playing, um, you know, very gentle, but uh, coherent tone based music. I'm really into, I do tuning fork work, like as we've talked about on your previously existing YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, so I, I like the solfeggio tones. And so I've been putting that, though, that music into my water with the shower. And even that feels like a uplifting in a huge way. Like it's really feels like I just had a 30 minute meditation after a five minute shower, whenever I put that into the mix. So there's a lot of simple ways, but definitely tone, frequency, vibration, electricity, all of these are huge factors in our health. And on the water side, there's some simple maybe solutions in terms of programming our water in a healthier way. And just like with your description of the of the Brown's gas machine, maybe it's just another one of those things where we don't want to take it for granted that we have, here's the easy thing. Just grab a glass of water, just take the, a little bit of extra time and do something that, you know, signals to universe your intention for that water to have a particular structure. I mean, everybody knows the Emoto experiments. Everybody knows what gratitude and love does to the molecular symmetry of the water. And we are that water. So <laughs> it could never really bear too much reminding for all of us that we need to be putting those positive intentions into everything that we do in particular, what we're taking in. So uh, since we're still on the subject of water though, uh, what is, this is all very new information, but you know, and this it's very divisive as well, but have you, I'm sure probably have seen what's going around in terms of the uh, idea that serpent venom has a big role to play in the current uh, scamdemic thing and that that's in the water supplies and also how much that that is used in the mainstream medicine. Uh, do you have an opinion or have you looked into this information at all? Well, um, I believe I'm booked in to speak to Dr. Brian Ardis next week. And uh, I believe that they are trying to poison us in every way they can. It's not you know, this versus that. It's, I, I think they're, they're, you know, they're chemtrailing us. They're vaccinating people. They are, they've been poisoning the water for decades anyway. You know, so uh, the evidence that I've seen so far, I'm 100% convinced that it's probably doing that just like everything else. You know, yes, it's 5G. Yeah. Yes, it's everything. You know, it's not divisive. It's just another thing, I think. Yeah. And what bothers me about the situation isn't really Artis's information. I actually like his information and I like the way he tells his story from what I've seen of it and how it seems, at least from his perspective, that he's being led synchronistically, led by spirit or source or God to reveal this to people. And like you said, it's not just one thing, but we know for sure that this whole medical mafia cult has been using the symbolism of serpents from the beginning, that what has been pitched to us as healing medicine has been snake oil for generations. And they call it snake oil for a reason. I think that it's definitely a yes and. And the real bummer of the situation is when we see people that ought to be on the same side, the side of humanity, 
turning against each other just because this information now contradicts what they've been telling everyone. I know what it is. This is how it works. You know, it's this exact model of terrain and there's no other way that it could be. And I, I don't like the divisive side of it. I don't see artists as trying to be intentionally divisive at all. Uh, I just see him bringing information forward that hasn't been looked at yet that seems to have some validity and definitely on the symbolic, metaphysical, spiritual level fits everything the <laughs> the Vatican mafia has been up to for maybe thousands of years, whoever, however long they've existed with their whole, what I call ophiolatry thing, which is like the the worship and veneration of serpents and the whole serpent brotherhood, serpent cult that has been in the background of uh, human society pulling strings for a very long time. Well, quite so. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think um, the interesting thing, well, the interesting things we can concentrate on is what are the solutions to the various poisons that are being sprayed on us, uh, you know, and, I mean, we're being poisoned by television. We're being poisoned by radio, you know, the media. We're being poisoned on every level that exists. And, I mean, obviously we can not focus on the whole mainstream media. That's obvious. And most people, everybody listening to this won't be, clearly. Uh, but to try and help members of family we need to be looking at how to detox the mind, detox the body. So you've already mentioned, we're kind of coming into like the last, the last five minutes or so of our first hour. And you've mentioned that you've got this new thing hitting your site soon, or maybe it's already hit the uh, prozymes, protolytic enzymes. And you've mentioned some of the upcoming information that you'll be putting out in your channels and your secret health club. But is there anything that is, that you want to let people know about in the last portion here or any ideas that might connect to things we've already talked about that you want to wrap up the thread for our free audience before we move into the premium section. Uh, so things to promote about upcoming work projects, ways people can connect and work with you, anything like that. Well, what would be interesting having been chucked off YouTube would be if people liked any of my videos um, they could repost them on YouTube. However, I think that the algorithms will be looking for copies, exact copies of the video. So it struck me if people were to take my videos and alter them, maybe cut them into two parts or put a little preface of their own on there or something that it might fool the AI because, um, I had, I put two videos up a few years ago, which were about reversing autism. One of them they took down right away, but I made a short version with a different title and they missed that for a year and a half before they gave me a strike and took that one down. So how clever is AI? Well, as clever as they've programmed it to be, obviously, but it would be interesting if people wanted to experiment. Yes, conceivably they might get a strike for putting up my stuff, but they won't get chucked off. They've got to give you three strikes to do that. So if people wanted to get the information back onto YouTube, I would certainly welcome that. Yeah, yeah. As unfortunate as all the censorship is, it's still a place where a lot of people are congregating. And I think that when we spoke 
uh, for your channel last year. I believe that I mirrored that to my YouTube channel, but I'm going to see if I can find a copy of that and hopefully ensure because it's crazy how much work can be just sort of nuked off the face of the earth that way. Um, I, I reckon it's about 13 years worth, <clears throat> that, uh, 13 years worth probably that they took down. But luckily I saw it coming. I was amazed I lasted that long on YouTube. <laughs> it's yeah it's because you're so pleasant and polite it must be mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah we'll we'll see how it goes i mean i've wondered that too i think sometimes that the people that are really really over the mark just get the heavy shadow banning version of censorship because of not wanting to maybe martyr those who have the most effective least divisive information so I mean, maybe that's my way of explaining why I don't get the acts from YouTube, even though I talk about all these things. Uh, but I don't come up in search results very easily. That's for sure. Definitely got the shadow ban thing. Yeah, I mean, I used to get about a thousand new subscribers to YouTube a month or something, and then I get eight. You know, for the last couple <laughs> of years, you know, my numbers just stag- stagnated. You know? Yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. Like, I gain five, lose two. Like, who's going to unsubscribing? Nobody does that. But, yeah, people don't want to hear the whole content creators, uh, you know, talking about how lame YouTube is because we all know. But is there anything coming up in your Secret Health Club or uh, website or events that you want to let people know about before we go? Well, the next Secret Health Club thing is at the beginning of next month. And um, I'll have along with me, some expert. I'm trying to find the best eye person to get eye advice, and uh, but I'm not quite sure who that is at the present moment. But um, uh, it's a way that people you know, who can't consult with me can just ask me questions on, on Zoom link. And um, so uh, but that, that's, that's about it, really. Um, I've got nothing too exciting, except that there are, couple of other new products coming out next month, which are going to be a bit like the Prozyme. Very, very, very special. We've been testing it out. Uh, it's actually a mushroom product. It's, it comes in a, a container like this with um, uh, uh, basically lion's mane, monatomic gold, and some other materials. And I'm not very sensitive. You know, if I take something, I'm unlikely to feel much but i really felt that um which is very unusual for me that people have had some life-changing results emotionally which has been interesting so yeah we we're going to do another four weeks of of product testing um and uh so yeah some interesting stuff i've always wanted to do more with mushrooms you know i've given people reishi and cordyceps for a decade plus, but now uh, these are frequency enhanced and the people who are doing it for us are working with Paul Stamets a little bit. And, you know, it's a, as good as as good a mushroom blend as we can get, I think. Um, and uh, the latest batch, they've been uh, growing in uh, with Manuka honey and some the, the, the most prolific crop yet is top level stuff. And hopefully people will, you know, get a benefit from it. Very good. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more in the second hour. And I've got a few 
listener based questions from my telegram group to talk about um, maybe some discussion, a little more discussion about selenium, which we talked about last time. Very curious about the monoatomic gold part of this mushroom supplement you're discussing. I want to talk more about the MSM sulfur. And uh, there was a big question about diabetes, actually, and your thoughts on some aspects of that. So those are the type of things you might hear in the second hour, people. And um, I think also a good way to follow you, Clive, is your Telegram channel, right? It's a good way for people to stay up to date on on your content and see all the great memes that come your way. Well, the the idea of the Telegram channel... And I have to give credit to Vicky, my business partner, who is more in control of that than I am, is the idea is to make people smile and laugh because there isn't much of that going on these days. I mean, you know, you go onto YouTube or BitChute or wherever it is, and it's just really depressing. I mean, it's very hard to find anything that's going to make you vaguely chuckle. So um, uh, Vicky does the work of finding the funniest memes and videos that she can possibly come up with and we intersperse it with a few little serious bits and good good interviews if i'd be lucky enough to interview somebody fabulous or something so yeah it's i enjoy going it's like relaxation from the real world to just laugh at some funny stuff you know yeah buddy the uh, levity side of things is so important Uh, i i hope often have that in mind, but I don't always bring it. Sometimes I'm so interested in the fascinating knowledge that it seems a little serious, but we do need more laughter, more levity. That's how we, that's how we break a lot of these spells is laughing at it. There's so that is a frequency that really programs your body water. (laughs) And I personally go to that telegram channel whenever I want to make somebody smile, I will go find something from your channel. That's like the first one I look at. So Vicky is doing a great job. Tell her thanks from me if she hears this. And uh, we'll see everybody on the other side of this uh, for the Patreon and Rockfin people. And maybe you ought to look into getting on Rockfin too now that you've been nuked off of YouTube because that's a pretty good place for... Uh, I've made a lot of great connections there. People actually find your content on it and they pay you. So there's a lot of upsides. But Clive, thank you for uh, asking to come back and I've really enjoyed this first half and there's plenty more to get into in the second hour. So thanks a lot, buddy. Much love. We'll talk on the other side. Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to hear Clive say is the word fabulous. And he is indeed a fabulous researcher and helpful health guy. 
I really enjoy Clive, and I know that he tirelessly puts forth much effort to bring this information to as many people as he possibly can. And for him to come and return to my humble little show without me needing to ask him to, that speaks volumes for the effort, like I said, that he's putting forward to bring the information that he can for people to heal thyself. I love that. Man, and we talked about so much. Before I get into maybe the um, the other things I want to discuss, first of all, I should let you know that if you go to the links in my episode description, not just this episode, but any episode, there is and has been since last September a link to Clive DeCarl's website that is a, an affiliate link for me personally, so that without paying anything extra... Your purchases also support Interverse and me, and he pays me in crypto, which is cool. That has the potential to become more than what he paid me, which I appreciate greatly. So just about every supplement under the sun that you might be interested in taking, you're able to get from Clive. And if this happens to be the first time you've heard him speak or you didn't hear the first time he came on Interverse, Go back into my archives from around September. I believe it was posted September 21st of 2021, somewhere around there, where Clive really went deep into the basics like vitamin C and magnesium, which I would say those two are particularly the primary supplements that you're going to want to get into your diet that are not that accessible through food sources as they ought to be and are not very expensive. One in particular, when you buy anything really from Clive's website, it may look like it's got kind of a larger price tag than what you might be accustomed to seeing for something similar at a grocery store or health food store. But be aware that most of those purchases that you're looking at are more in the range of a three plus month supply, maybe even more than that. So also they are in a form that is bioavailable and optimized in whatever whatever version it is of what it is is a good version like the magnesium in particular I know is effective relative to other types there's only one other kind that I consider to be as effective that I've ever found and uh, Clive's version is great because it's I believe three or four maybe five Ah, I don't want to lie to you I, I know it's at least three different types of magnesium of which there are quite a few varieties that have different influences on your body. So it's good to be able to get multiple varieties of magnesium in your supplementation. And it makes a huge difference. Like I actually got stiff yesterday. I got pretty stiff from weightlifting. My shoulder and neck were sore and I could not reach the zone that was sore with my sonic slider weighted tuning fork by myself. Really, I needed an assistant for that and I did not have one. So I was able to spray the topical magnesium that I received from Clive last fall onto that area. And within, it felt like it was almost instantaneous. I felt almost immediately a relief and the stiffness was better. So I kind of feel like I could use a little bit more of that right now. And maybe that's what I'll do after this. But magnesium, 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 baby. I really can't stress it enough and I don't care where you get it, but if you do want to get it from Clive, you can use the link that I've got to support me at the same time, which I definitely appreciate. Uh, 
There are a lot of opportunities out there for a podcaster to take on advertisers or affiliates. And there are only a few that I personally have ever encountered that I wanted to make a part of what I was doing because I believed in it enough where I used it myself. And Clive is definitely one of those people. And he's such good vibes, you know, like the Clive vibe is super real. Uh, he mentioned his Telegram channel, that the whole point of the channel was to bring levity and happiness to people who were able to uh, tap into the meme sharing he's doing there and the information sharing. And I love that. I appreciate that. I always think that whatever amount of laughs there are in a particular episode of my show, there could have been more <laughs> because what's more healing than laughter? Um, very little. Really love laughter. So, right. Uh what we talked about in the plus extension, I feel like I need to get into that. So if you are somehow not aware of how the second hour extension of Interverse episodes works, if you're new, welcome. And the way that you can get the second hour is via my Patreon. For $5 a month, you would access everything I have ever done on Patreon and get a personal link to a URL link that you can easily plug into whatever podcast player of your favorite choice that you use. It will give you a private RSS feed of Interverse Plus, the entire archive of everything I have ever done going back to the beginning for $5 a month. And I know that's not much. It really isn't. And even if all you can do is a month of it, just get in there and check out the episodes you want to hear. And I don't mind if you unsubscribe. I just need there to be some reciprocity between us for what we're doing here because I put a lot of work and time and attention and effort into my show. All the love I possibly can stuff into it. And it's for you. I mean, it's for me too, because I want to learn and I'm learning a lot from these conversations, especially with Clive today. But right, like why, you know, if you want to see more of something in the world that you love, then you need to do something to support it. So $5 a month is really not asking a lot. That's how it works for Patreon, everything I ever did. But you could also potentially go the Rockfin route. Rockfin has some perks. They're uh, alternative to Patreon perks. It costs you $10 a month for Rockfin. However, there's advantages like everybody's premium content across the entire network. Rockman's like a Netflix of paid, of uh, independent content creators. And I say Netflix, that's a dirty, dirty ass word. <laughs> but it is, it is working that way. You know, one subscription payment gets you all of the things on the network and it's pretty great. There's a lot of amazing creators on there. Uh, Lindsay Sharman from Rogue Ways, Benjamin Balderson, Odin's Alchemy. Um, I could go on. Juan on Juan, for example, who we just had on for the previous episode. He's on there. Many, many, many great creators. Lucas King, he's on there. Elsie uh, King, love that guy. So I won't list them all there because we would be here all day to tell you about all the amazing people who have a Rockfin channel. But that's what you get. Everybody's premium content for $10 a month on Rockfin. And when I put out new episodes, even when they're pre-recorded uh, or when it's a vibrant, a Wednesday episode that I live stream, that is going to be premiering in the live sense with a live chat or even a live episode like the Wednesday night vibrants on Rockfin simultaneous to the YouTube premiere. So one of the upsides of Rockfin is that you can join the community for the live premiere and chat with people in the chat. And that's always a lot of fun. I'm always in there hanging out, usually working on art while I watch the chat and re-listen to the episode. 
And that's how I know I'm doing what I love, that I'm able to hear the episode a second time every week and feel like I get something out of it and that it's valuable and worth hearing again, especially this one with Clive. I believe I'm going to need to bring notes. I took some notes just to be able to tell you about what was in the second hour, but I think I'm going to need a notepad for all the things he told us about in this jam-packed informational episode. So now that you know how to get the Plus extension on Rockfin or Patreon, here's the long list of just some of the things we talked about. So we got into diabetes, the causes and cures, and Clive's personal experience as a type 1 diabetic, willpower, and the connection to nutrition and energy to willpower, selenium as a supplement, and amino acids like cysteine, and how they can assist you with willpower and getting off of pharmaceuticals and addictive drugs and things of that nature. We discussed kinesiology and the technologies for tapping into the intelligence of the body and communicating with it, subtle energy fields of the body, like chi, that was great. Clive told us about MSM sulfur, so we talked about mercury in the first hour, sulfur in the second hour, and of course, magnesium came up more than one time, so we got all those alchemical ingredients of mercury, sulfur, salt, all of that going on. We discussed ways for healing the lungs with smoking damage, absorbic acid, okay, so vitamin C and absorbic acid as a a version of vitamin C in uh, indifference to other types like liposomal and lipospheric. So we talked about all the different ways that you could get your vitamin C supplemented. I also asked them about the mixing of different supplements. If there's any do's and don'ts in terms of don't take this at the same time you take that. We talked about adding vitamin C, magnesium, borax, things like that to your bath, neutralizing some of the chemicals that are added to our water supply. I learned a lot right there. We talked about ionic foot baths a little bit. We talked about vitamin D supplementation versus take getting natural light. And then at the end, Clive busted out some wearable laser devices for shooting laser beams into your brain <laughs> and other ways of getting uh, laser light, cold laser light as an anti-parasitic and, and other aspects of health inducing and improving elements. So there's a lot there. I mean, that's a huge list of things that we fit into about an hour and five minutes. It was a little longer than an hour plus extension. So I hope you guys tap in, but know that I'm not here trying to hold you hostage for, you know, your, your subscription ransom just for you to get the information. This is about supporting me. And if you wanted any of the information that's in the plus extension from any particular guest, you probably could get it from them in their own channel or wherever it is that they put information out or by supporting them. So what I'm asking for is support of me, which I um, try not to beg. <laughs> but, you know, if you're on the fence about it, why not do it? It's awesome over here. I love I love you. <laughs> I'm doing this for all of us. So, yeah, right. One thing I wanted to maybe ask him about that I didn't get to, and perhaps it deserves its own entire episode with somebody that's more of an expert on it in particular, is turpentine as a parasitic preventative. Uh, I recently received some turpentine ginger candies, and I'm going to be honest, if you're listening, Martin, I'm sorry. I have not been brave enough to eat them. I don't know why. Body has just not been like, yeah, take that yet. But maybe soon, maybe soon. Um, and... Man, there's so much that is uh, on my mind lately. And 
in particular, some of the talks that we had about water in this episode were really tickling my fancy because I've been on a huge kick of investigating the resonance architecture, what is called Antiquitech, the etheric free energy technology that was prevalent throughout our realm with this grid of networked architecture designed to vibrate and resonate with the ether and use cymatic principles in order to program structure and enliven water supplies with electromagnetic energy and frequency as literal power storage and transmission devices, as well as healing living waters for us to drink and bathe within. And it seems as if this very simple, elegant, yet incredibly widespread in an advanced way technology was available all across the realm. And we have forgotten what was in plain sight. I'm very fascinated by this subject. We will be covering it off in future episodes of Interverse, probably in, well, definitely in May. And as I learn more, there will be more opportunities to reveal what has been hidden in plain sight right in front of our eyes and the simple plain truth about our our plane that we live upon. Now, the video that I've been so happy to learn from lately that's connected a lot of dots for me, you ought to be able to find it yourself pretty easily if this is all very fascinating to what what I'm talking about right now. It was called, and I still haven't even finished it, but you can look up on the YouTubes or wherever, The Lost History of Flat Earth. Now, don't let that word flat hurt your uh, optimism about looking into this video because there are some elements of the video talking about the cosmological contesting of the spheroid, planetoid, in my opinion, problematic cosmology. But what's really important and fascinating about this video, and that is the primary element of the video, is the information about the Antiquitech, about the resonance architecture, way more about that than there is about flat earth. So don't let that word flat freak you out. <laughs> it's really about the the uh, Antiquitech. It's about the genius ancestors, you know, going back to the future. Yeah, the past is the future and we're closing the loop on this whole dichotomy and paradoxical divide between our wave particle duality, realizing that this is not the material world and that we need to like escape it and return to the spirit world. We're in the spirit world right now. Spirit is everything. Matter is just an oscillatory pattern of ether. And we've never left the ether. We've never left the one, the pleroma, the the God, if you will. We've always been here. There is no beginning or end to it. So we're coming back to the future, baby. Oh, what else to say? I've been going on quite a long time in this outro, but I love you guys. It's fun to talk to you. So uh, there are ways that you can connect with me and work one-on-one. We can do some technician work on your aura with my tuning forks, sound healing modality. It is amazingly powerful. I'd love to do it with you. Hit me up, chance at interversepodcast.com. There is a website page on my site about sound healing you can find. And it is, of course, linked in the description of every show that you can find it there, including a video where I give a free 
group sound healing tune up session. Uh, also, by the time this comes out, a couple days after, I will be doing a session with Kalina Lux for her Templus Aquaria website as a, I guess, a course on there. And I think if you're a member of Templus Aquaria, you will be able to attend live on the day that I do that. Go check out Templus Aquaria for more information. And if you don't catch it live, it will be purchasable as a course. Not too expensive. I don't know how much yet. But all that's possible, including the free group sound healing session and tutorial about how it works. And, you know, if you follow what I do, you hear me on other shows as a guest. I talk about it quite a bit. And uh, there's a lot more. I'm realizing how much more there is to learn about our electric body and electric health. And I really want to upgrade my knowledge. And I've been returning and revisiting some of the original research that inspired me about all that. And I've learned a lot just in the reconnecting to the work of people like Eileen Day McCusick, who you can look into her books for yourself. Tuning the human biofield is one. Electric body, electric health is another one. Really good. Another way that we can work one-on-one if you would like some spiritual guidance, counseling, oracle card session, I do that for people in a one-on-one client base. Uh, if you've been missing the oracle card videos, the Interversal Oracle, I wish that I was doing those too. But I've got a lot going on, so many projects, so much good work out there for me to do. So I've not been able to provide the free group divination sessions with the cards, but they will return. They will. I don't know when they will return, but I'll figure out a format and way to make that work. I just haven't been able to lately. Two shows is a lot and I do other shows besides my own. And, uh, you know, busy boy over here, loving everything I do. Not, not too busy, but I also have to take time for me and take care of myself, right? That's huge. Like after this, Definitely going to get outside and ground all this tech use. Okay, what else is there to say before we wrap up? I'm going to play us out with a track by our friend Lucas King, LC King. I don't know that this is available anywhere online. He sent it to me personally in a message. The track is called The Cudgel, and it's a rocking tune. He made a very tool-like vibes, but in a cool tool way, not like a a tool way. <laughs> I'm not so much of a fan of tool anymore after cooties and they were so pro, uh, you know, they're so lefty Pepsi. It's bullshit. Anyway, I'm, I'm done rambling. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Definitely check out Clive DeCarl's website. And if you do, please go through my link on my show description that it gives you the, the uh, affiliate link in there so that if you make any purchases, it supports me and costs you nothing extra. And I appreciate that. So now enjoy this track by L.C. King, wonderful musician. We'll talk to him again soon, too. And um, join our Telegram group. That's where the party at every day. So much gravy. And I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>